0: Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are continuing our motivation, goals, and mindset series, and we're talking about how we create goals and engineer a fitness strategy around our burning desire. This has been a critical component of my success and everyone that we've worked with.
1: Good morning everybody, if we haven't met before my name is Yanni Bormeister, across the table from me is my brother Rad and behind the mixer is Richie, the voice of God. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System, we turn driven people into athletes. Big shout out to everyone tuning in on the podcast big shout out to everyone watching the replay on our YouTube channel. If you are, smash that like button and uh, give us a review on the podcast. It definitely helps us grow, helps our channel and leave a comment if you are uh, in to setting goals and what goals you're going to set for yourself in 2021. Now I want to give a big warm welcome to everyone joining us from the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. If you haven't already and you're watching on the YouTube channel or listening to the podcast, get yourself over there, uh, uh, apply to join the group and join the live discussion. It's lots of fun, just like Sasha from all the way from Germany and Dave Clark. Uh, How are you guys? And uh, anyone else who's tuned in, let us know who you are and where you're tuning in from. And also today, question of the day, what goals have you set for yourself in 2021? We wanna know, and we'll talk about them and we'll help you unpack them today. Today, we're gonna share how we do it here in Unity Gym because it's very, very important uh, to set goals, but the research indicates that it's more important to build a strategy around those goals. Uh, And this raises the chances you're going to achieve the goals by a massive percentage. I was going to get the percentages up because I've got all the research, but I didn't. So you're just going to have to bear with me. What I do know is that when you wrap your goals with a strategy that supports them, that unpacks them, that engineers them, and then you attach accountability, you get an accountability buddy or a group or a tribe like we have at Unity Gym or in the UMS system, then it raises the chances of success by a staggering 76% which is absolutely incredible and something well worth doing. Now we're going to show you how to do that today. Uh, Let's start though by sharing a personal story. We love telling stories here at Unity Gym Uh, and this one is actually about Rad. Uh, Rad found the value in creating a fitness strategy and now is Probably one of the most methodical with his programming and his strategies uh, uh, out of all three of us uh, because of how much of a... um Uh, breakthrough he had doing this. A couple of years ago, maybe it was a a year ago, uh, he was striving, and he'll give you the the, the finer details in a sec. He was striving for calisthenics goals that he'd been working on for a few years. And uh, he he really had hit a wall. He hit a plateau. He wasn't getting anywhere. And he was quite uh, disillusioned when some of the skills that he was working on, Richard and I, uh seemed to be a little bit better at without much practice a little bit better infinitely better infinitely better there you go i was being kind and uh and he ended up having to go back to the drawing board and and really, really look at what he was doing and why a uh, challenge, why he wasn't as good at certain things as Richard and myself. And the only difference was that Richard and I had spent a much longer period of time working on our strength, our raw strength in the foundation movements of the UMS program. Things like bench press, deadlift, squat, overhead press, chin up, pull up. Uh, and... Uh, And that really um, caused Rad to sort of have a think about it. And together, we built a fitness strategy, which actually pulled him away from his calisthenics training momentarily, temporarily, which is something we do often with tribe members here at the gym. And, and, and we convinced him to invest some time in just building strength and structural balance. So Rad's gonna share with you exactly how he did it, what that meant and uh, and how he put his fitness strategy together and the results that he got in the end.
0: Well, the first thing that I'd say is that uh, f- to, to talk about for a short period of time, a moment of time, that was a year. So what we call a short period of time, a moment in time was actually a year. So if you say to people, most people, we're going, this is your goal, but what we're gonna do is actually work on this thing that you think has nothing to do with your goal, but it's gonna get you there for a year. For most people, they wouldn't do that. But I've been training for so long that I know that a year, a year, I know that I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life, and I've learned the hard way that you cannot, you cannot rush the process. All you can do, basically, is identify your weak links and turn them into strengths. And sometimes, that takes six to 12 months to do. And I would also, the next thing that I would say is, I don't think it was that you and Richard focused on strength more than me. I think it's that you and Richard focused on bodybuilding, on hypertrophy more than me because I did focus on strength but you guys what you guys both went through a long period of your time where your where your training as far as I can tell and as far as what I've heard you guys say was focused on building muscle yep. and I never did that I actually rejected that I had a very and and I'll be big enough to say I would argue that it was the same reason why you didn't stretch. You and me have both been competitive with each other and we both believed that we were doing things the right way and that we tried to do things very differently to each other. And when I saw you doing bodybuilding and building muscle, I just didn't wanna be a part of it, it wasn't for me. And I found ways to justify in my mind that bodybuilding wasn't the right way to train. And so I never did it, right through my 20s. Never did anything that had any goal to ever build muscle um and which is one of the reasons why my legs are so strong because i during that i was putting a lot of work into my training but my training was all around building ability in kung fu and in kung fu fuck there's a lot of leg
1: work that you do it's all about building this um (coughs) leg strength and you know endurance can i just interject here for a moment um and and (laughs) and interrupt you I 100% agree with what you're saying. And it wasn't, I didn't really think about it this way, but that because, and I think, it, because bodybuilding is, has such a strong culture and it's sort of like this, you're a bodybuilder, you know, you, there's this notion that you're either a bodybuilder or you're not a bodybuilder. But now that I think about, and you, you're reminding me, um, all of Charles Poliquin's um, programs, uh, when we were learning from Charles and the PICP Institute, you did a general preparations phase, which was nine to 12 weeks. <coughs> three program phases of Mm -hmm. either three weeks or four weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you did a muscular hypertrophy phase Mm -hmm. after that. And I remember when we first started learning from Tony Bittagi, he did the same thing. He would have adopted it from Charles. And the reason for that was that laying down a little bit of um, uh, new muscle tissue, a muscle size, then when you go to an uh, uh, intensification phase, which is strength-based, it just amplifies the amount of strength that you can develop in an individual. And I completely forgot about that. You know, and that's um, something that y- you know, yeah, is really, really important. Like, although Richard and I probably spent uh, years um, training for muscular hypertrophy, uh, but I always undulated um, uh, periodization models, which was usually intensification, accumulation, intensification, accumulation. But I usually did two bodybuilding phases for every strength phase you know, but it was still undulating. But yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah, I just
0: never had the desire to do it because I, and I and I went through periods where I did it. I'd like at fitness first, I did it with you when I got out of the army for several months. But I always, I, I'd, I'd do it for a period of time and then I got really bored with it and I just couldn't associate building muscle with my goals. It didn't, it just didn't register that it was something that needed to be done. Yeah. I was always just looking at my goals being around movement and around skill, and I just thought that you know why am I doing why am I doing this weightlifting and trying to build muscle? I wanted, I want to move, and there is there's a lot of examples of people that don't have a lot of muscle mass on them that are doing really amazing calisthenics feats, and who knows why that is? I, I, I can't tell you why. Some people are just gifted. I
1: can M- maybe because they're, they imprint in the muscle and the nervous system as children. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe. You know,
1: you look at the Eastern Bloc guys who are in Russia and stuff like that. They're doing that from teenage, from youth.
0: Yeah. You know, Yeah, I don't know what everybody's story is. And maybe there's some people that are going to say, oh, I've got my mate who started. And I've seen people that started later on in life that did certain styles of training that don't have a huge amount of muscle mass that can still do some pretty impressive calisthenics feats that I can't do, but it didn't work for me. And I'll just stick with that. I'll just say for me, it didn't work. I really, I, I put so much effort into trying to get good at the calisthenics movements, um, all the basic stuff, you know, one arm chin-ups, um, hand stem push-ups, planche, front lever. Um, I got okay at rings, you know, I did a couple of decent gymnastics ring stuff. But I just couldn't get, uh, for, the, for the time invested, I didn't get the results that I really thought I should have. And I really got the slap in the face when I got my slap tear, a slap tear in the shoulder, um, uh, in my right shoulder. That's what really, um, really made me go, fuck, this is not working. And what stood out to me was (coughs) when I did the slap tear, I was working on a planche, and the planche being a pushing movement where your arms are in front of your body. Um, I've always had a very uh, underdeveloped, Uh, chest, pec major, um, on my body versus the rest of the size of the muscles in my body, my pec major and my lats were always very, very underdeveloped, very weak. And because of the Kung Fu training that I did, it just makes sense because swinging a sword around, swinging a staff around really gets those deltoids firing up, but not a lot of pec going on there. So that's the way my body developed. And it just really made me realize for the first time ever, I thought, I, I really just looked at the way that you guys could so easily uh, uh, do these movements and all and then I started looking at the people that I look up to online that are better than me and every one of them has
1: a highly developed
0: pec muscle. Mm.
1: They all have a great physique. <coughs> like That's a part of it. And most of them train like bodybuilders for a period of their life. Yeah. Ido, Yeah, yep. they're people that come to mind. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So,
0: so then I thought to myself, well, fuck, you know, um, maybe I have to accept that having large muscles, it just sounds so stupid. Well, but larger. Little, they don't lar- have to be huge. Yeah, that's right. But larger, mu- like large enough that they're big enough that you've got the mass to be able to produce the movement that yeah. you want. And of course, it just makes total sense. It, it, it's, it's so stupid to think that I would have ever thought otherwise. <clears throat> so, so that's when I came to you and I said, all right, Yanni, what should I do to... To make my, um, you know, chest bigger, to, to grow muscle in my chest. I'd never done it before. I'd never thought to myself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do bodybuilding, you know. And it's not that I was doing bodybuilding. I was still doing the UMS, absolutely, because I was still doing strength and flexibility. I was still following, the bent arm, lower body, straight arm split that we do. But, uh, and you but told you focused me, on the basics. but I focused on, you know, I focused on. Well, I focused on building muscle, you know. Um, and I, d- of course, I didn't just do my chest. I focused on pushing and pulling. So yep. I focused on building chest muscle and building lat muscle and
1: focused on the areas that you were most weak Yep, and uh and it and worked
0: uh you can see because uh, i was doing it during this year so you could actually see a part of that in the at-home workouts programs that i was doing you could see me build muscle in my body during over those 12 weeks if you look at week one of phase one versus week four of phase three you can see a
1: difference i was six kilos heavier there And and, and just quickly, uh, I don't want to go like, I I think we've framed it enough. I don't want to uh, go because I I do want to explain. But anyway, but but, but, but the the point is, but I am now,
0: I am now a hell of a lot better at calisthenics. I can do all of the basic calisthenics stuff that I was working on a lot better than I could do before. Um, And I uh, and now that I've uh created this strategy around fixing the weak link in my body now when I train and now I am doing calisthenics work I'm actually activating my chest more yeah
1: you said that the other day yeah you can feel I can feel it activating. and you can actually
0: see it yeah. I'm, I'm not doing bodybuilding training now at all I am doing strictly calisthenics training but my chest is hypertrophying still. Yeah, yep. I can see it in the mirror when I'm training. I'm like, wow, Jesus, I'm really built because I've taught my body yeah. to use those muscles efficiently
1: and to be part of the movement. So yeah, it really
0: worked. It worked yeah. for me. And
1: so w- what that looked like, like on a sort of uh, programming um, uh, model for Rad, it was, it, it, it changed everything he did. And even to the extent where it changed his nutrition, You know, we were um, very much both proponents of intermittent fasting. And up until last year, Rad was doing a a time-restricted eating, usually a 16-8 or maybe even an 18-6 time-restricted eating regime, Uh, meaning he was abstaining from food for 16 to 18 hours a day and only having a little bit of black coffee in that period or black tea. And then... He was refeeding during a six to eight hour refeed window and and spacing his protein consumption out throughout that period to maybe four doses of protein, uh, both uh, solid and liquid meals, meaning protein shakes. And uh, he completely changed that uh, this year when he made his focus Uh, to build some muscle mass where he went to just consuming uh, protein and calories um, throughout the day every two and a half to three hours to try and get up to five or six doses of dietary protein in to increase his total dietary protein and calorie consumption to match the style of training he was doing because that became his number one goal. His number one goal wasn't uh, overall health and gut health and all that sort of thing that comes with um, uh, time-restricted eating, it was to put on lean muscle mass and uh, and so, you know, his fitness <coughs> strategy required looking at lots of different um, levels of um, his training and, and recovery, but um, it certainly worked, you know, and and, and it's just uh, the, the reason why I wanted him to share that story is because sometimes your fitness strategy will encompass doing things that don't seem like they're a direct reflection of your goals you know like um, obviously we know as strength coaches that getting better at bench press is going to affect and building some muscle mass is going to affect uh rad's overall strength and capability but for the uh, average person they might not they might think well hang on a minute you know and whenever we do this exercise with people we say okay what uh, we, we our, every fitness strategy we encourage here at unity gym is a 12 month period and let me just say before we go into how it looks you can do this for anything in your life it doesn't we call it a fitness strategy but just take the word fitness away and it is a goal strategy you know Mm. you set yourself a big hairy audacious goal which you know for uh, the average person we like to start at 12 months because it's just hard for people to get their mindset beyond 12 months but uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight, lifting the curtain, Rad and myself, and I'm sure Richard, we all do three, five and 10 year goals. And myself even with uh, career and finance and, and things like that, I, do, I go right out to 50 year goals. So it, it, you can do it for any time period and any, uh, any, any goal in your life, But I would suggest that you don't create a big, hairy, audacious goal that is is in a shorter time period than 12 months, because otherwise it's not big, hairy or audacious enough, you know. Uh, And then from there, uh, we reverse engineer what that looks like over that 12 month period. And, And it's very important to do that for a number of reasons. But most obviously, it's important to have stepping stones that you can achieve that are bite-sized chunks or pieces of your big goal, so that you know that you're moving in the right direction, so that you have tangibility on a month-to-month basis, so that it's not like, oh my God, I'm not gonna see any really tangible, written-in-stone result until 12 months away. that, 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 for most people, can become quite unmotivating. And remember, What sparks motivation, what ignites motivation the most is momentum or progress towards your goal. Uh, Happiness comes from progress and motivation uh, um, and and happiness go hand in hand, you know. So you need to now reverse engineer what your um, big, hairy, audacious 12-month goal looks like. And I like to, at at a minimum, do a nine-month check-in, a six-month check-in, a three-month check-in, and then what success looks like in one month's time and the one month time check in is really just about a momentum check in it's like am i moving and am i moving in the right direction you know and that's what we get our guys to do by default here but if you wanted to you could do a month check in for every single month 11 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 month 3 month 2 and month 1 if you wanted to that's up to you okay it it would be a, a longer process of engineering there but, uh, and that's sort of where the magic comes in and that's where it helps to have a coach who's walked the path before you, who can kind of give you a little bit of uh, feedback on, okay, I, I, your goal is to do X. Uh, I, uh, based on my experiences and the experiences of the people I've coached, you should be at Y by month nine, you know, at um, uh wherever at month six and wherever at month three, and j- so we know that you're moving in the right direction, I'd like to see you here in 30 days, you know? Uh, and then from that point on, this and this is where the real magic starts to take place, we need to identify behavioral goals, little tiny bites that you can be uh, sort of nibbling at on a daily basis to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. And they might be meal timing, protein consumption for the nutrition side of things. They might be uh, workout scheduling in your daily calendar, how many times and how long a duration of those workouts. They might be the actual exercise program split of your uh, movement um, goals, you know. They might be uh, for mindset stuff, you know, the, the, the fitness strategy needs to encompass all areas of uh, of, of your sort of uh, motivation, nutrition, movement, exercise. So you should have mindset stuff. If you've struggled before for motivation or you've struggled with self-sabotage or de- self-doubt, uh, then there's there's a very big probability that like we spoke about yesterday, you need to reprogram your thoughts so that you wake up every morning and you are absolutely committed to your goal uh you're not doubting whether you're going to achieve it you know and so your daily behaviors might be meditation for 10 minutes and uh and and reading a set of affirmations that align with your goals which we're going to talk about tomorrow um because here's the thing as i said writing goals down is is very important and it's and it's uh it's the it's the first step really but if you just write your goals down, you do not achieve them. You know, there was this this myth of the Harvard study, the Harvard Business School study, where uh, students who wrote their goals down whilst they were at Harvard, um, they reviewed years later and found that the people that wrote their goals down had achieved all of their goals and some. You know, and apparently... Um, Uh, Dr. Gail Matthews of the Dominican um, University actually went in and and tried to find that study. And there's no record of it. It never happened. It was was fabricated uh, during a speech by a motivational speaker. Uh, The name absolutely eludes me. It could be Zig Ziglar. Um, And he basically just made it up. It sounded great, and, and and then people took off with it, you know. Uh, that, that study never took place, but um, Dr. Gail Matthews' research absolutely did, and she's been um, uh, noted and cited in many, many other papers since then, that this process of writing goals down is just the first step. You then need to create a strategy for it, which requires reverse engineering that goal, just like we've spoken about now with, with stepping stones and ways that you can measure success. And then you need to... Uh, Uh, create accountability around it. And what it looks like on a daily basis? How can you behave? You know, because the 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 majority of what we write down is what we call a lag measure. Why don't you explain the difference between lead and lag measures? Because that's something that we yep. found very very important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lag measure is something that you're looking at, which is a snapshot of results that have been produced, and it is a it's a snapshot of what has happened up until this point. can't be measured it can't be manipulated at all in real time and a lead measure is it is an example of something that you can manipulate in real time that is usually behavioral based that affects your lag measures so uh, my favorite examples of this are the salesperson who has a fifty thousand dollar a month sales target and to look at the fact that you've only done twenty seven thousand dollars in sales and you're three you're one week away from your target to look at that is called looking at a lag measure you can stare at that screen screen and get stressed for as long as you want and it isn't going to change a lead measure would be a set of things that you that you can measure that you can put in place to affect the lag measure so a lead measure for a salesperson in this example could be that they do 100 phone calls every day, that every time they have a phone call before they do the next one, they stop and and positively affirm what they're going to get out of the outcome. Uh, Another lead measure could be that they have a script that they've written that they follow the script on the sales call. Um, These are things that you can, if you look at your lag measure, you look at that $27,000, there's nothing you can do that's gonna move that up by looking at it. The lead measure, you look at your lead measures and say, okay, well, I have to do 100 phone calls, I have to follow this script, and I have to think very positively when I do it. Those are things that right now you can say, well, shit, I better do that. And if you do that, it affects the lag measure. The other example would be weight loss, where you look at the scales, the weight that you've lost is the lag measure. You can look at the scale, you've only lost five pounds, your goal is 20. Look at the scale as long as you want, check it every day, nothing's going to change. But the lead measure of not eating sugar, not drinking alcohol, going to bed and getting eight, nine hours sleep every night, um, all of the, going to the gym every day. That's a, those are things that you can get up every day, look at and go, oh, I'm going to do that
1: today. And you do the lead measures, guess what? You're going to lose weight. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's an easy example for people to get their head around, the yeah. weight loss example. And, you know, to give three really solid uh, lead measures would be, Pack your own lunch so you're not eating takeout burgers and chips and things like that. Pack a healthy like salad and protein-based lunch uh, so you're preparing your food. Uh, Go to the gym and do a workout or walk 10,000 steps. You have to do one of those two things. And then have dinner before 6 o'clock and do not eat until breakfast no Mm -hmm. dessert Mm -hmm. so those are three really really solid lead measures that if you follow every day you will absolutely lose weight you know um and that's just a great example and so what what we need to do once we get to the very very bottom of the fitness strategy we've got our we've got our big hairy audacious 12-month goal we've got our stepping stone check-ins that we know if we tick off along the way we are heading in the right direction and the timeframes aren't always going to be accurate, and the the stepping stone check ins aren't always going to be hit. But as long as we get close or we're moving towards that, you can make adjustments along the way. And well, go on. Well, well, what happens as well is
0: that when you start this stuff, it is a lot of work because you're changing. You know, we spoke yesterday about. Behavior and thoughts and dogma and all of that—you're changing all of that by doing this. Like you're, re- you're replacing yourself. You're upgrading your operating system, as we sp- like what we spoke about yesterday. If you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, check it out. Um, so it, it is very hard to do that at the start of the process. It's like that analogy that you always use: launching a rocket to the moon. You use ninety-five percent of the fuel to break the Earth's atmosphere, and only five percent to make ninety-nine percent of the distance, which is to get to the moon. But now, like where we're at, um, you know, I mean, I'll talk about it with my training. For me, that's a really important part of my of my um, goals. You know, with my training, I one of the first lag lead measures that I set for myself. Like, I've got all these lag measures about goals that I want to achieve. That you know, I can see how close I am, and I can see that I haven't achieved them yet. Whatever, but my first lead measure um one of them was that i was going to train every day that no matter what i was going to train every day and of course it doesn't matter if i'm having a good day or a bad day it doesn't matter how shit i feel like last week i was sick all week and i had painkillers and i had panadol and i trained every day still because i made the decision that i wasn't going to let sickness stop me from moving forward that is going to move me closer to my goal no matter what the other thing that i've said to myself at the start of this year was that i was going to measure i was going to track all my progress i was going to have a program card and i was going to measure everything that i did so that again moves me closer to my goals so there's, so there's all these little things now when i started i had to write all this stuff down i had to think about it I had to strategize it i don't have to do that anymore It's all just become habit you know like i've like I've, these lead measures have become a habit and i just know if i'm not doing anything oh wow i didn't do that today that's going to take me further from my goals you know so it is a lot of effort when you start but it becomes autonomous, you know, it becomes yep. becomes an automatic process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just something that um, you, like, you know, I don't know how I would have ever achieved any of the success in my life if I hadn't have done this stuff. Like, I do this every have. year for we my entire have. life. Like, I do it for my finances. I do it for my relationships. I choose Five key areas, and I, I remember it was one of our mentors, Sean Greeley, who, who m- made the definitive number in my head that you can't work on more than five areas of your life uh, in, at one point yeah, in time, that, yeah. he talked about the fact that life is a—you're a, like an orchestra, and mm. you know it's not a crescendo all the time. You So you sort of work on little, like, duh, 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 you're, yeah. you're working on you bring areas, up the but you can't do more than five at once. Otherwise, you do a really crap job, a mediocre job of all of them. And so I choose five areas of my life. And and when we go really deep on this, when I used to do this as a as a coaching uh, course, you know, I would start by getting people to. Live List all the things they value in their life, you know? And and that usually starts to get to around 10 to 12 things that people really value in their life. And we call it the values wheel. We'd we'd spread that around a wheel and we'd we'd give ourselves a score out of 10 on how we feel like we're performing in each of those areas. And, you know, to give you an example, for me, uh, family is a big value of mine. Health is a big value of mine. Wealth is a big value of mine. Education is a value of mine exploration or travel is a value of mine i love traveling the world and exploring new destinations uh spirituality is a value of mine you know um and the list goes on intimacy uh and and my relationship my um my community is a value of mine i think i'm at eight uh things there now and it 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 gets to ten i like to get to ten really strong values And then I score myself out of 10 in each of those and the lowest scores are the things I work on this year. And then I pull those five things into a, a plan, into a strategy, and I do exactly what we're talking about here with a fitness strategy, I do as a goal strategy. I set myself a goal that I want to achieve by the end of the year in each of those areas, and then I reverse engineer that. And uh, I usually do it over a page so that the, the whole strategy would be five A4 pages. I do this over the holiday break over the, um, the uh, Christmas holiday and New Year's break, so that by the 1st of January, I literally write my plan. And I write my plan in a way that it's a one-pager. It's a one-page report that has the five areas and, f- and then a couple of bullet points in each of those areas so I know what my stepping stones are. And then from there, I rewrite my affirmations. I rewrite my daily affirmations so that there is a command or a line or an affirmation that supports every single one of those things, the things, the behaviors, the mindset, the belief structure, everything that I think I will need to think about and behave like and, and, uh, and be the person to achieve all of those goals. So I've got two pages by the end of all this. I've got the goals on one page, the plan, and then I've got my affirmations page on the other. And that I review every single morning of the year. I go quickly brush over my goals, see how I'm tracking. And then I go and read my affirmations. And then I do a 10-minute meditation, uh, usually before all of that, to just get my mind in the right um, frequency, my mind open to really taking it all in. And guess what? I do the same process for our business. We do the same process for our business we 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 go through this sort of process of brain dumping and and uh and and breaking apart all of our goals and strategies and uh, it's a very very powerful exercise and you you know the most bizarre thing almost everything i've put on my personal goals i've achieved some way or another the the universe seems to just conspire to to get me there and it's through usually through means and ways that i never expected you know but you get there and it's uh it's it's really quite powerful and it's uh it's something that i urge everyone to do yeah, absolutely Guys, we are going to have to bring this in for a landing today. Big shout out to Christy, Dave, Lee Clements, Diane Norbury uh, for joining us and and, uh, and saying hello in the stream, in the chat. Diane saying, super interesting ideas today. Good to hear some different strategies and perspectives. Yeah, look, I mean, none of this has been made up by us. It's all stuff that we've been taught to do uh, by a variety of different people, but it really, really works. It's the way that I got myself out of a horrible financial situation. It's the way I got my relationships to a higher level it's uh and it's certainly the way we've got the business to where it is you know so i urge you guys to uh take a serious look at it tomorrow we're going to talk about how we do uh how we really get our mindset aligned with our goals how we get our thoughts feelings and emotions aligned with our goals so that the behaviors uh um uh, are, are going to get us there are going are to align and, and help us get there and it's very funny I had a, a session yesterday with a psychologist with a counsellor that I'm working with in my relationship with my fiancé and she went through all the science of this and it was totally random. She didn't know that we were doing podcasts about this right now, but she went into a lot of the science. She's researched quite heavily. (laughs) That almost fell off his chair. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting to sort of have that happen whilst we're doing this series with you guys. I'm I'm getting it reinforced from different angles and different uh, people in my life. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Richie. Quickly say hi. Hey, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Rad, for sharing your story. We'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the
0: consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there, it's not the intensity.